The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. And before we get going, a special shout-out to my friend and yours, Yoshiko Dart. How are you? We love you, Yoshiko. She keeps that spirit of her late husband, Justin Dart, alive for all of us. And a special thanks to Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and Covestro for being a sponsor of this show, two great companies. Well, we're excited today to have Brad Henderson as the guest on our show, who is the president of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, and just a great person. I've met him, and I'll start by saying he's the real deal, and it's always great to know someone like that, because how often do you hear on a show someone you're wondering? She is the person really that way. He is really this way. Um, so, Brad, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you today, Joyce. Well, Brad, how about if we start from the beginning, because we have listeners across the country. Um, how did you first become involved with the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation? Well, you know, the actual programs of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation go back about uh, 50 years and uh, when I first came to Pittsburgh, which was um, over 25 years ago, I was a uh, local youth worker working with high school kids at a church in Pittsburgh and um, was a participant in a lot of their programs, um, taking kids to their camps, um, but also they had a you know great network of support um you know essentially the focus of the of the programs then and, and the programs now are to um really support uh folks who are doing great work with kids uh throughout the city of Pittsburgh <clears throat> and uh, they did that in a number of ways you know one of the ways was we just um they host a lunch uh you know first friday every month it was always on my calendar, which is really a great way to, to get out in the community and to meet the other folks that, you know, really loved and, and cared about kids. And um, that's what really got me hooked. And then I started bringing, uh, you know, kids to the, the, the camps and the programs that they sponsored. And, you know, fast forward 25 years later, um, you know, I'm now the, the president and uh, executive director of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, carrying out a lot of those same programs. And, uh create new ones wow isn't that something how things go it is amazing yeah yep well the kids foundation um i'm going to ask you this first can you explain to everyone what the pittsburgh kids foundation is you know the size where it's located um and what you're trying to accomplish yeah you know our focus um is really to encourage 
and support um, you know the folks who are on the front lines day in day out doing doing great work with kids. So we um, work with over 200 different churches and organizations. Um, you know, within uh, the city of Pittsburgh on the outskirts, we do a lot of work with, you know, folks folks working with kids inside the city limits. We do a lot of work with uh, folks working with kids in the suburbs. And, you know, depending on what their needs are, um, we try to encourage them any way we can. So, you know, with, with uh, the folks working with kids in the inner city, you know, a lot of times it, it's funding that's a major roadblock. You know, over the years, um, yeah, I've discovered a lot of the, the people that are doing the really great hands-on work with kids day out and day, day in and day out in the, in the neighborhoods, um, you know, are just uh, operating from small, you know, nonprofits, maybe even out there doing it on their own. And, you know, funding for their kids is a big issue. So we, we do a lot of fundraising, um, uh, you know, camp scholarships, uh, money for our programs. We've got some great relationships with, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates and Pittsburgh Penguins and some of the other organizations in town who provide, you know, programs and um, money for kids. And then for folks who are working in areas where, um, you know, financial support um, isn't a big deal. They might be in a community where um, their programs are really well funded. Um, you know, it's just more an encouragement for those leaders. We've got some, uh, you know, training programs that we do with them. We do a lot of mentoring programs. We're still getting together the first Friday of um, every month on the, on the North Shore, um, you know, just to encourage each other and kind of, you know, cheer each, cheer each other on when um, we're out there with kids. The only thing we provide is uh, uh, programming. We, um, for the past 30 years, have run a camp um, for middle school and high school kids in Michigan on the shores of Lake Michigan during the summertime, three weeks out of the summer. And uh, we try to provide a, a place where um, an organization, a church, a group can come with their kids, have a great time, really enjoy you know, the beauty of, of the lakes and the beaches, and uh, put together some really great, you know, programming for their kids while they're there. And um, we provide all that, and uh, then the leaders can just really sit back and concentrate on spending time and building relationships with, with the kids that they brought. And uh, with all of our programs, we don't want, you know, finances to ever be a barrier for kids. So, um, you know, some kids are, are coming from backgrounds and situations where they can afford to pay for things themselves, but a lot of kids aren't, and uh, you know that's where the camp uh, scholarships um, come in. Okay, so going back here, now how large is the staff? Well, you know, our core staff, we've got a year-round core staff of, of, of seven people, but... Um, our seasonal staff, uh, when, when our programming are strong, is summertime in the fall. We do a series of um, fall weekends for kids. Um, our staff tends to really swell. You know, we'll, we'll have a, an additional, you know, 20 to 25 folks on staff during the summertime and in the fall um, when our programs are in, in full gear. Um, we've tried really hard, Joyce, to to stay kind of lean and mean when it comes to staff. We really are, are focused. Uh, trying to send, you know, as much money out the door, you know, to support the programs out there on the front lines as we can. So because of that, I've, you know, just blessed to be surrounded by a small group of very hardworking individuals. Um, 
that uh, you know share those same kind of core values. And you know, we also are blessed with uh, you know a lot of volunteers that that help us at different times during the year with our programs as well. <clears throat> yeah, why I ask you this is, wow, that's a lot of work for this small staff. It is. Do you like have to begin? Must add too, you know, Joyce. We're doing um, quite a work, bit of work in Haiti um, as well, doing some community development down there. And and, you know, one of the programs we offer for kids here in Pittsburgh is the opportunity to, you know, experience a culture, um, you know, in an entirely different way. And um, you know, what they experience in, in Haiti. Um, when they're down there is much different than what they're experiencing at home because of the great uh, you know, appreciation for, for the things that they do have, but also you know, an appreciation for, a, for a, a, a group of people who are incredibly hardworking and have managed to um, survive you know, on very little. Great learning experience for the kids, but we're doing a lot of community development work down there and actually have had um, to hire a number of staff people as an extension to the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation in Haiti as well. And we've got a core staff of, of five full-time individuals down there too. Well, and I want to talk about that after break because I think that's very important, that program. Uh, but just going back for a minute, I'm trying to envision here you are every year. Now you're working with all the churches. That's how you're doing this program, correct? Yeah, but we, Joyce, we, um, you know, a, a lot of the folks we work with, especially in the inner city, um, uh, aren't necessarily churches. You know, frontline organizations that that are working with kids, and uh, you know, we're, we make uh, no bones about the fact that you know we we uh, really strongly believe in you know and the Christian faith and and Christian values and principles, and they run throughout our programs. But we um, are always willing to help and support, you know, anybody who's, you know, on the front lines doing good work with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is uh, amazing. How many churches did you say you work with? Well, you know, I, I, it's somewhere in the 200s. And, you know, um, and, and I, I say this uh not in a braggadocious way at all, because like I said, this this uh, work goes back long before I was in Pittsburgh. But I'm told um, by many that you know the, the the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, the network that has been built here in Pittsburgh of um, you know like-minded uh, people, you know, working together um, under one umbrella to really um, reach out and help kids is the largest you know, in any one geographic location in, in the country and, and uh, probably in the world. Um, so Are we're you proud kidding of that. Me? And as wow. you know, boy, you can get a lot more accomplished um, working together than you can on your own. Um, and, you know, we've really experienced that in Pittsburgh. And people ask me all the time, you know, I actually um, moved to Pittsburgh. I, I graduated um, from grad school out in Southern California. I thought I'd be here for, you know, maybe two, three years. And, uh, you know, grew up on the water in Michigan and love the outdoors. And, uh, you know, they say, what keeps you in Pittsburgh? And I'd have to say the one thing is the way, um, you know, folks in Pittsburgh uh, are willing to work together um, to reach kids. And uh, it's really been a blessing for me to personally be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And the number of churches, does that grow every year? 
Yeah, it does, and, and you know, it fluctuates. And, um, you know, we've got, you know, I'd say 60 to 70 churches that really are at the core, you know, of what we're doing. And, you know, some of those churches go back years and years. Um, but, you know, some of them are brand new. You know, we've got churches uh, every year, and it's funny, this meeting that we have on on Fridays once a month, you know, we'll get anywhere, um, you know, from 50 to 100 people on a given Friday, and it's always amazing to me, um, you know, how many new faces there are there, you know, and part of it's the nature of working with kids. I think, you know, most of us, um, you know, tend to do that when we're younger, and uh, there's a little bit of a shelf life on that, but um, the thing that amazes me is is the number of folks, you know, representing those organizations that are actually out there on the front lines working with kids. So it's, you know, it's a combination of, you know, there are some people that show up in a meeting on Friday that, uh, you know, I saw them walk through the, the, you know, same door 15 years ago. And they've been there pretty consistently ever since. And and we have a lot of newcomers as well. Well, that is awesome. That is. And listen, we're going to talk more to Brad about the Kids Foundation. But first, we've got to go to break. If you just joined us, we're talking to Brad Henderson, the president of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation and chaplain. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Brad. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Brad Henderson, the president of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. And, Brad, on the last segment, you mentioned Haiti. And, you know, as Brad knows, I'm a big proponent of World Vision um, and really any organization that's reaching out, trying to uh, help children uh, that are parts of the country that really living in poverty, disadvantaged. Um, you know, I could go on and on, but I know, Brad, that you're involved with Haiti. Now, how, how does that work? How is the Kids Foundation involved with Haiti? Well, you know, Joyce, it actually goes back, you know, 25 years. Uh, you know, I mentioned that when I first came to Pittsburgh, I was working in uh, a church in a, you know, fairly affluent uh, suburb, and, you know, I was working with some great kids, um, but just felt like they needed a little jolt before they headed off to college. Just, you know, some good, healthy, worldly perspective. So I uh, found out about uh, two ladies, uh, two remarkable ladies from uh, the western Pennsylvania area that had been running an orphanage down in Haiti for years. And they said, you know, come on down and uh, come visit us and, and, and bring some kids. You know, some of the kids are are young at the orphanage like you would think, but, you know, we've got kids of all ages in the orphanage. And uh, so I started doing that. It was something that we did with, you know, kind of our cream of the crop, high school seniors. Um, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking at a picture across my office of that first uh, group of kids. Um, and it was it was kind of a big step back in the, that day. Haiti was going through, you know, real transition with her government. And, you know, we read a lot about the political violence in the paper. And there was certainly some apprehension on the part of the kids and the parents initially before we did some investigating about going. But anyway, the, the, the long and short of it is we had a great experience, life-changing experience. Um, for these kids, I, you know, I, I stay in touch with a lot of them. They're, um, you know, young adults in Pittsburgh now, and, and you know, their late 30s, and um, they bring it up all the time, you know, how that that trip really, you know, changed their lives in, in so many ways, and it changed mine, too, and I really fell in love with the kids at the orphanage, and uh, we would, you know, just <clears throat> keep going back again and again, and when I left that church, I continued to um, to make trips and stay in touch with the kids and, and do whatever I could. And um, the board of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, some of those um, folks on the board were aware of these trips that I had taken um, years earlier and had said, hey, you know, this is something that we would love to see the foundation um, get involved in. And this was six years ago, and within a couple of months, you know, uh, Haiti was hit. Uh, with that tragic earthquake, and um, people found out that you know the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation had some ties to Haiti, um, and uh, you know we're very supportive, uh, sending sending us funds, and we were able to set up some you know some feeding stations immediately following the earthquake at some hospitals, and not only support you know the orphans we were involved in, but a number of places down there. And uh, it's really uh, been amazing, you know, the way God's blessed those efforts to the point where we're doing a lot of uh, community development down there. We've got three orphanages um, 
that we oversee, and there's a total of about 150 kids spread out over those three orphanages. There's a lot of little kids, a lot of older kids. But, you know, our goal is, um, you know, to get kids out of orphanages in Haiti. Um, and Haiti's one of the few countries in the world where there's still a need. There are still kids that are uncared for that, you know, die in Haiti um, every day. So it's not a quick fix. Um, you know, there's some deep systemic things that have happened there for years and years and years. So, you know, if we're really serious about wanting to help these kids and their families climb out of poverty, um, it's it's going to take, uh, you know, not only some um, time and some energy, but, but some resources. Um, so we've... Uh, you know, uh, built a, just opened up a, a public school down there in the area where kids, not only from the orphanages, can attend, but kids from the local community haven't had a chance to go to school. We're involved in a big uh, water project, Water Missions International, um, and have been able to, you know, put in these water systems that are now servicing over uh, 24,000 people a day, people that had never had safe, clean um, drinking water. We've been doing some... Um, sanitation things um, down there as well. One of the problems in Haiti is that after years and years of not having any kind of sanitation system, um, the ground is really, um, you know, in, in bad, bad shape. And uh, these systemic things need to be addressed. We're open up a medical clinic in the area. At the end of this year, one of the kids who I've known since he was a little guy at the orphanage, um, Growing up, incredible mind, incredible passion for people. Um, just graduated from medical school, and it's going to run the clinic. And it's actually a group of um, ten orphans that grew up at the orphanage I mentioned um, earlier in the broadcast. That I went and visited um, with these high school kids that are behind. Um, they provide the leadership for the community development that's taking place down there. They're the teachers. They're the doctors. Um, they're the sanitation workers. Um, they're really leading the charge. So it's been amazing just to kind of step back and uh, see all this taking place. And it's also been, um, you know, it's grown to be even a better place to take kids from Pittsburgh to see what's going on. You know, we used to love to go down there and spend time with kids. And I think the most valuable thing, even though your lives are touched by the little ones, um, but the interaction with young adults um, their own age, um, has been huge, but it's also a great place. We take a lot of college kids down there and young adults as well for them to serve because um, we're just in the process of starting a microfinance uh, business training program. We've got three college students going down there who are business majors um, that are going to assist in that training. We've got another um, a pre-med student that's going to be in, in, in Haiti working with a medical clinic. We've got another gal who's going to who's interested in agriculture, studying that at Penn State, who's going to go down there and take uh, pictures of mangoes for the software that Google is uh, creating, where you'll be able to take a picture of a leaf in Haiti that, uh, you know, on a plant that maybe is not so healthy and that with this software, a farmer in Haiti will be able uh, to identify you know, what it is that that's affecting their mango trees. So it's just exciting to see the way all this has blossomed and to see not only is it blessing the people of Haiti, but also um, just really energizing and blessing the, the young adults in Pittsburgh in a totally different way. Yeah. How many of those do you take? How, how many, many young, uh, how many young trips? people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do trips 
throughout the year, and uh, we've actually partnered with another foundation in Pittsburgh called the Joshua House Foundation, and they built a really nice guest house um, where people from Pitt- Pittsburgh can stay. And I would say, you know, any given month, um, I know, you know, March has been a, a very busy month for them. There was a, a, a group from Geneva College, the Geneva College uh, men's soccer team uh, was down there. Last week there was a group from uh, a foundation in Pittsburgh, the Espoir Foundation, that's doing medical missions in Haiti this week. I'm taking a group of folks down there um, the, the following week, a group uh, of adults that are going to be doing some different things in the community. But I'd say, you know, in a typical month, you probably have, you know, 60, you know, guests at that at guest house. And I would say, you know, by the end of the year, um, you know, you probably have a thousand um, folks, uh, you know, a mixture, mainly young adults, a lot of high school kids, a lot of college age kids. But we do some adult trips as well. Um, that make their way down there, and I've done a, a number of trips where I've I've taken uh, professional athletes that I'm working with, with the Pirates and the Penguins down there, and it's been life changing for them as well. Yeah, I know, because when I went to Panama, when you go to any uh, developing country and you see uh, what people go through, it just changes everything. It really does. Um, so we're going to talk more, but before we go to break, uh, Brad, if someone is listening to the show saying, wow, this is a great program, um, how do you make a donation? Well, I appreciate you asking that, Joyce. You can go, they could go to our website, uh, PittsburghKidsFoundation.com, and, um, you know, there's information about all our, our, all our programs there, and, uh, you know, there's a link right there on the website, um, you know, to make a donation through PayPal, you know, and we take credit cards and, uh, you know, we appreciate the support. Um, so if anybody's feeling, uh, you know, moved to do that, we certainly would appreciate that. And once again, that's PittsburghKidsFoundation.org. Is that yep. right? Uh-huh. Okay, PittsburghKidsFoundation.org. Hey, I always tell people you can give up all those Starbucks coffees this month and make a donation. You know, this is is something, you know, that we should be so grateful for what we have and so grateful to have a chance to change someone's life in a good direction because that's what it's all about, our young people and their future. So take time, PittsburghKidsFoundation.org. We're going to go to break, and we'll be back with Brad Henderson. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. 
So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. If you just tuned in, we're talking to Brad Henderson, the president of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. And you're probably wondering, okay, how does all of this intersect with what I'm all about, Disability Matters? And that's because Brad approached me and is interested in going into a partnership that would involve students with disabilities. Brad, do you want to talk about that for a minute? I would love to. And, uh, you know, I just think it just echoes, you know, what we were talking about earlier, Joyce, that, you know, what I've found over the years is that, you know, we can get so much more accomplished when we go at things together. And, uh, you know, my experience with kids um, with disabilities is, is, is somewhat, you know, limited. Um, you're an expert when it comes to that, so it just makes a lot of sense, um, you know, for the two of us to work together. Um, to reach kids, and I'm excited about doing that. As I, I've told Joyce, we've had kids um, over the years that have experienced our programs. You know, uh, a brave soul with a physical disability, and uh, we've met you know that amazing kid. Um, you know, through different walks of life, um, whether it's somebody with physical disabilities or not, just kids that are natural born leaders, that are go getters, that. Um, you know, our trendsetters and are going to break that ice. And we've had, you know, quite a few of those kids at camp over the years come, you know, on their own with other kids, you know, from their churches, from their schools, um, from the organizations that they're with, but um, have been taking a step back and, and asking this question with Joyce, you know, how many more of those kids would come with physical disabilities if we really um, made an effort to welcome those kids and, and to cater to those kids. So we're just in the process of having some discussions and talking about how to do that. Um, we've had, you know, some kids up at our camp in Michigan with some, uh, you know, physical limitations that have really enjoyed themselves our, our fall weekends um, here in the Laurel Mountains. 
but our guess is there's been a lot of kids that have kind of maybe taken a look at our programs on the internet, you know, parents with kids with some physical limitations and just haven't felt the comfort, you know, to really send their kids along and to go. So, um, you know, after talking to Joyce and Joyce, I'm going to let you jump in here a second. I've, I've, since we last had lunch, Joyce, I've put this out to a number of uh, folks who are working hands-on with kids in the Pittsburgh community, and it's been met with a lot of enthusiasm. So our hope is that uh, we'll start seeing um, this in our, in our programs in the fall and then rolling into next summer where we have a, you know, a, a much larger uh, you know, size of uh, group of kids uh, representing that, um, you know, a uh, very special part of the population that has some physical challenges. Yeah, I think it's great. And what I love about this, many things, but one is that youth with disabilities need to be included in programs, mainstream programs, not just I'm going to go to a camp and it's people like me, people that have my disability. You know, you need, just as you have to integrate the workforce, you've got to bring these kids in and give them that experience. And whether they, uh, you know, are visually impaired, use a chair, uh, like me, have a hidden disability, which in my case is epilepsy, but regardless of what it is, wheelchair, um, you know, amputation, you need to include everyone. And giving kids that chance to be side-by-side with kids that are not disabled is just the most wonderful thing. And, And just as Brad said, too often parents think, oh, we could never do that. Um, so, you know, here we are trying to change the way that people think. And if you're listening and you have any thoughts about this, you know how to reach me, either voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com, you know, and, and I'll be happy to get involved. And, Brad, I am very excited about this. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, well, you know, I'm excited about it. You know, for these kids that we're talking about who have these disabilities, but I'm every bit as excited about for, um, you know, the, the kids that don't have those same challenges. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's something special that happens, you know, the kids when they're in that kind of camp environment, when they're away, um, you know, from everything else, the, the pressures from at home. And there's no question, you know, when we talk about inclusion um, and kids being accepting of one another that, you know, camps a great place for that to happen. And we've seen it happen. You know, one of our, our theories is, like I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of programs for um, at-risk kids, inner-city kids, you know, who don't have um, the opportunities that kids in the suburbs do. And, and I think, you know, there's a, a particular theory of, uh, you know, camps where you kind of do a special camp for the urban inner-city kids and then you do a separate camp for the suburban kids. And, you know, that you don't mix it to, but our philosophy's always been to um, have those kids together, you know, that they need to learn, um, you know, about each other and appreciate each other's differences. And as much as I appreciate and I, I think there's certainly a place for camps that, you know, focus on kids with, with physical disabilities. And, you know, I, I applaud their efforts, but I think there's also a place alongside those for those same kids to have, you know, more of a mainstream experience. Um, like I'm saying, for, for the benefit of the kids with the physical challenges, but every bit as much so for the kids that don't have them. I think, you know, if a, if a, a kid's in a cabin all week long with, 
somebody who's who's got physical challenges and, and sees what they go through on a day-to-day basis and how they overcome those and, you know, the difficulties in overcoming those, that they're going to, you know, see that, be changed by that. Um, and as adults, young adults will have a much greater uh, appreciation for the things that uh, folks with physical challenges can do um, and, and will do. So... I think it's a winner all the way around, and, and just like Joyce stated, we, you know, we're, we're new to this. Um, you know, we're looking for kids to get involved in the programs, and we would welcome any information anybody um, has for us that's listening today. All right. Well, let's say I'm ready to go. That's such a great thing. Well, Brad, you, you wear another hat. As I recall, you are also, as I mentioned earlier, a chaplain for two well-known sports organizations, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Penguins. First question, how the heck did that happen? And then number two, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that and what it's like working with these athletes. Yeah, you know, uh, it's Joyce. I, uh, well, I realized pretty quickly, and I, you know, I kind of knew this before I, I came to Pittsburgh, um, but I must say that even I underestimated, you know, the passion of Pittsburgh sports fans. And I think there's a long history between Pittsburgh and its teams, um, and uh, it's just very much part of the, the culture and the character of our city. So I discovered that early on, and, um, you know, I grew up, you know, involved in sports myself and as a sports fan, so it was an easy transition for me. And... Uh, you know, as I mentioned early on, I came to, uh, to, to Pittsburgh to work at a church um, in the North Hills area of Pittsburgh. It just happened to be a, a place that's pretty convenient to get in downtown and to the area where the stadiums were and training facilities were for some of these athletes. So it was a natural for some of them to um, be attending our churches. And I, I struck up a, a very strong friendship um, with Gary Anderson, who at the time... Um, was the the place kicker for the Steelers, and I uh, actually became at one point the leading scorer in NFL history. But he he uh, was very actively involved in in the church where I was serving, and uh, you know really had a, a desire to reach out and care for his teammates. And he was the kind of guy that you know guys on the team were always coming to for advice. And uh, lo and behold, um, you know he was asking me to, you know, come along and some of these lunches where we're giving young guys advice about marriage and family and and things, you know, off the field and, you know, that kind of turned into, you know, running a Bible study and when Gary left I, I continued that with a, a very well known Steeler, if there's Steeler fans out there, Levon Kirkland and um somehow that, you know, the Pirates got wind of this and and the Penguins and um you know the the pirates. It, it's really interesting. I've been the chaplain for the the pirates for the past fourteen years, and they work with an organization, great organization called Baseball Chapel. And Baseball Chapel uh, provides a team chaplain for all the major league baseball teams and all the minor league baseball teams. And there's a lot of minor league baseball teams out there um, throughout the country, in the Dominican, in Japan. Um, they're starting to do some things in, in uh, Korea and in Cuba. But for the last 
50 plus years, um, you know, baseball chapel's been very much a part of the fabric of, of Major League Baseball. So as the team chaplain for the Pirates, every Sunday that the Pirates are in town, um, because of their busyness of their schedule and their inability to, to get to church on their own, um, you know, we have, you know, a voluntary, uh, you know, chapel uh for the players. So I'll do a chapel service for the Pirates on Sunday morning. I'll also do a separate um, chapel service for the visiting team that's in town, and then also one for the umpires um, if they're interested. So not only has it been a good way for me to get to know, um, you know, some of the Pirate players, but I've gotten to know some of the, the you know, baseball players from other teams that you know, are Christians and, and chapel attenders and, um been a, been a very enjoyable thing for both uh, myself um, and for the players, and I'll give a shout out here to my beautiful wife Beth of 30 years, who's very much partner in all the things um, that we're talking about. She's actually on staff here at the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation and working with kids in Pittsburgh and Haiti. But she also um, is the chaplain for the wives and the girlfriends of of the Pirates, and um, I would say that it's as important or more important for these ladies to have somebody that's just an encourager to them. Um, you know, we see a lot of the really uh, glamorous things about being a professional baseball player and some of the really fun things that go along with it. But, you know, it's tough um, on families for, um, you know, these players. To, they're they're gone, literally, you know, 50% of, of the season for the nine months that's going on. And um, that can be difficult at home. Uh, you know, a lot of them are devoted husbands and, and fathers, and um, so it's great that Beth, you know, uh, takes the time to really encourage the ladies as well. Yeah, that is great. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you one thing you can talk about that I know is public, and that would be Faith Night. Yeah, you know, absolutely, and um, I think listeners will understand, you know, I, I uh, try to be careful uh, in terms of what I say about chapel, who attends, and, you know, those kinds of things. But if you're interested, you're curious, um, you know, we have a real strong chapel group with the Pittsburgh Pirates and to the point where they're, um, you know, very vocal uh, about their beliefs um, in Christ and the Christian faith. And every year we we have what we call Faith Night. And um, that's just an opportunity after a home game for the players to come back you know, out on the field and, um, you know, share with the fans, you know, why faith is important in their lives and, and how it's come to be important. And, it, you know, it's a voluntary thing, you know, the, for the fans that uh, come to the game. But last year we had, um, you know, over 12,000 people that stayed after, you know, a night game, which turned into was a pretty long night game. And, you know, waited an extra half hour for the players to come out. But I think, you know, it was really an enjoyable evening for all. And, um, you know, it's the third year we've done it, and we're doing it again um, on July 20th this year. And um, I would encourage you, if you're in Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh area, and, you know, you'd like to hear some of these guys share about the importance of um, faith and, uh, you know, the relationship with Christ in their lives, that that's, that's a great time to do it, and if you're not from the area and you're curious, you could probably get online and Google Pirates Faith Night and, uh, you know, find a lot of good video footage and um, things from the last uh, couple of years as well. Yeah, actually, my husband was at this, and he could not believe, uh, you know, don't be thinking this is like these players you've never heard of. 
I mean, we're talking the major key players were out there speaking that evening. Um, and Clint Hurdle is like the most wonderful person, wonderful uh, manager, and also is always happy to, uh, to talk about his faith. Uh, but, you know, it's just so great to hear things like this instead of all the bad stuff. Do you know what I mean? You know, absolutely, Joyce, and I just want to get, you know, a shout-out to the, the Pirates organization. You know, from the start, they have been so supportive of, um, you know, what I do with the team, and, um, you know, ultimately I'm a volunteer, you know, coming in and doing that. I think they appreciate that. I, I don't work for the team. It's not a mandatory, you know, program for the guys, but I think in this, you know, culture that we live in where everybody's so concerned about, you know, separation of church and state issues and stepping on people's toes. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the pirates um, have been just very supportive of the, the whole thing in, in a very healthy way, you know, um, not trying to um, dictate what goes on, but, you know, really having the best interest of their players in mind. And, you know, I've seen that on so many different fronts. And, you know, I think this is just one of them. They, you know, they see it as a, as a valuable program, Um you know, to offer to the players and allow them to be a part of, and and I think I think it's been a really good thing, and I think the leadership that Clint Hurdle provides is you know really been key um, as well, and you know we all know uh, Clint's been um, just a great guy in the community, um, you know off the field, um, he and his wife Carla are you know at charity event after charity event, he's he's got a daughter um, who's got some physical challenges, you know. Uh, if Clint were listening today, I know he's not because he's busy down in Bradenton. Um, he'd be applauding your efforts, Joyce, on behalf of you know, not only kids with physical challenges but adults as well. And um, he's been pretty successful on the field as well, too. So um, lots of good yes, things he, happening with the player. He has a child with a very significant disability, and he really goes beyond the call of duty to be supportive of organizations that work in that area. So, um, and by the way, anyone across the United States that knows me well, I know you already are saying, oh my goodness, there she goes again, because I am a major, major Pirates fan. And if you were in my office right now, that's what you'd be seeing on the wall behind me. But um, so great to, to have a team that also is doing so many great things. So uh, that's that's really a good thing that you're doing, and that's good to hear about them. So, Brad, I have a question now. Here yes. we are talking about all these wonderful things you do, um, and I'm sure it's very apparent to our listeners what a good man you are. So my question for you is, uh, who is your role model? Because there had to be someone somewhere that, that had such an impact on you. Yeah, you know, it, it would be hard for me to, you know, pick just one, Joyce. And, um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to say that, you know, it started with my parents. Um, my mom and dad always have been and continue to be uh, really great, you know, role models in my life. I think, you know, I think of Pittsburgh. There was this, this guy that I met early on when I came to Pittsburgh who was actually in charge of, of the movement that I've been talking about that you know led to the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation and these meetings and, and so many things. And his name was Reed Carpenter. And I, you know, I've met a lot of um, really great leaders um, you know, over the years. Um, 
but Reed is the only uh, you know really top flight leader that I've ever met that that made it his personal uh, goal just just to bring people together. You know, a lot of times we get sidetracked on our own little individual things. Reed never allowed that to happen, and his entire focus of, you know, 40 years of, of leadership in Pittsburgh was just on bringing people together um, to work together, you know, and especially when it came to kids. Um, so, I, you know, I was, was deeply uh, motivated by that. I've, I've learned a lot from Reed. I'd say, you know, kind of a modern day role model for me right now at this time of my life. I mentioned to you we're, we're getting ready to open up uh, a medical clinic in um, uh, Haiti, and uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a physician who is, is world famous now, wasn't always that, um, you know, graduated from Harvard Med School, moved to Haiti, um, lived in this obscure village there for, you know, 20 plus years, and his whole uh, focus his name's Dr. Paul Farmer, was building up the healthcare system for the poor in Haiti, you know, providing, um, you know, first-rate free healthcare for the poor um, that uh, couldn't afford it. And the name of his organization is called Partners in Health. I'm telling you, if you're looking for a great organization to get behind and support, um, they're on my A-list. They just do really first-rate things with the poor all over the world. Haiti's just one of the places. Um, have rebuilt the health system in um, Ghana. You know, uh, Dr. Farmer was on the front lines in terms of fighting Ebola, especially in, um, you know, the poor third world countries. They're in the uh, middle of, uh, you know, the Zika virus right now and combating that and you know, countries like Brazil and Haiti and all over the world. But I, I think what I really admire about him, Joyce, is just his passion uh, for serving the underserved, uh, you know, for serving the poor. There's so many things that he could be doing in this world that would be bringing him more notoriety and, you know, fame, but he's chosen to really serve the poor. He's a you know man of, of a great faith comes from a Catholic background, um, you know, is, is uh, you know, most influenced by Jesus. And like I said, if I had to pick one role model, he, he's the one that, you know, has led me in all areas of my life. But in terms of, uh, you know, people right now, I just love Paul Farmer's passion for um, helping the helpless. Um, you know, he's got the slogan that they've uh, been uh, using in their uh fundraising campaign that, you know, poverty makes people sick. Um, and that is just so true. The oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that the yep. truth? And yeah, that is true. So a, friend of mine, a friend of mine, Dr. Latanzi, and some other doctors uh, went, built a uh, hospital in Haiti to help reduce uh, in, infant mortality rates, which are sky high. And anytime someone does that, oh... I mean, what is that quote again? Uh, you know, poverty makes me sick. Yeah. And it's just so true. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, I just, uh, you know, there are a lot of great line, frontline people. And I'm just getting to know you, Joyce, but, you know, the work that you do and the passion that you bring to it and the number of folks that you touch is really encouraging. And one of the things that, you know, I've learned is it's really helpful, um, you know, to be with people that that have a heart 
uh, you know, for others. And there's a great encouragement that comes from, from being together. And I've certainly experienced that um, from my times with you. And I appreciate well, the that. Fe- the feeling is mutual. And, you know, that's why I always tell young people with disabilities when I'm teaching them, I tell them, remember, uh, Enthusiasm and being positive and caring and having a good heart is contagious. But so is bad thinking. That is why it's good, you know, to make sure that you have friends you're with that are on that same right path. So I I agree with you. So, Brad, before we close the show today, and I just want to thank you again for being our guest. And one more time, what's that website that you can make a donation to? Uh, you know, PittsburghKidsFoundation.com or PittsburghKidsFoundation.org. It'll take you to the same place. Okay, you heard him. Take time. Put that on your list. Make a donation. Uh, you're helping a child, so what could be more important than that? Brad, do you have a message for our listeners that you'd like to leave with us today? Boy, if I could just say one thing, I, w- I would just in- encourage uh, folks, um, you know, to reach out to young people. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, disturbing things going on in our country today and in other places, and, you know, there's no question that, um, you know, investing, you know, in our young people, um, whether they're ably bodied, physically challenged, you know, come from, you know, a wealthy area north of Pittsburgh or from a struggling neighborhood in the downtown of Pittsburgh. Um, they all need, you know, adults, um, caring adults who are willing to just, you know, pour into their lives and, and to make a difference. And uh, if you got a chance to do that in the life of a kid today, wherever you are, I would just really encourage you to do that and just remind you of, of how important that is. Yeah, the least of these, right? Remembering the least of these. Well, thank you again, Brad. Brad is the president of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. Keep up the great work, Brad, and we plan on working with you uh, for helping those kids with disabilities. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Joyce. It's been a privilege. And listen, everyone, I will look forward to talking to you all next week. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.